everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and we're back for what I can't believe is our 200th episode. I didn't even realize this until right now, basically. As I was recording this, I was like, just taking a look at the podcast, and it said we were at 199 episodes. I'm like, oh dang, we're hitting, we're hitting 200, so... If you've been with us this whole time for these past many years, thank you so much. Um, Sorry if I sound a little off. I'm a little under the weather. Um, I feel like I say that a lot, but I get uh, sick and sinus infections easy. And one's just been messing with me over the the past several days. Um, So we're going to dive right in. Um, I hope everybody who's listening had a uh, fantastic Canada Day. A fantastic Independence Day, or as we like to call it uh, in Canada, Happy Treason Day, you ungrateful colonials. Uh, (laughs) All joking aside, I hope everybody was safe and had um, a fun time celebrating or not celebrating those days. Um, Because there's reasons not to celebrate them, and that's that's valid and fair. Um, But I hope you all have been safe. Uh, been staying cool. It's we got a heat wave going on up here uh, in Ontario right now. Uh, thankfully, it seems like the fires are done for now. Hopefully, that'll continue, and there will be no more uh, inhaling smoke from forest fires. Um, okay, so today's topic is about a movie that's been out for a little while now, and I saw it a little bit ago. And truth be told, um, this is the episode I was going to record. Um, a couple weeks ago, but then because of how hectic and heavy and everything, uh, involving, um, wrapping up for the summer for schools as an EA was, I just didn't have it in me. Uh, so that's why I did the re-release with, um, with my brother, where we were just talking in general about, uh, Star Trek. Um, I will be recording some episodes with my brother, uh, hopefully over the summer, talking Star Wars on both this show and uh, our my show with my boo, Christian, Radio Arcade. Uh, so I'll make sure I keep you all in the know, but Dave Dave Cook will be coming back to OCR, and I'm, I'm excited for it. But I vamped enough, and we are looking at the spectacular, the amazing, the web of... That one doesn't work as well. Um, <laughs> but we are looking at... The newest release um, on the big screen featuring the one and only, evidently not one and only because there were like 200 variants. Um, We are looking at Across the Spider-Verse, the newest Spider-Man film. Um, And uh, like jokes aside with with the spectacular and amazing and insert adjective, um because those are Spider-Man titles, that's actually how I feel about this film. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse was, like, it was spectacular. Uh, It was an amazing animated feature. It was a wonderful film. Um, I honestly don't have many complaints. Um, And by many, I can't think of really any. Well, okay. But they're nitpicks, so it's not like, boo you for not doing this. Um, It's just, I've got 
spider variants that I would have loved to see get a nod, and maybe they will in the the sequel to this. Um, but by itself, uh, nitpicks aside, this movie is is utterly fantastic. Um, it is just uh, for my money, it's just as good as Into the Spider Verse. Um, now, it might not have as much of a singular focus as that one did, but Into the Spider-Verse, like, yeah, they might have had ideas for where the, the sequels would go, but it could be its own self-contained story. Across the Spider-Verse works as its, its own story, but it is, I'd put it there with the great middle chapters of a trilogy um it really does a great job of telling a story within this film uh the conflict mainly being between um my favorite spider-man miguel o'hara uh spidey 2099 and miles um there's a great conflict there a great story there and it's not like miguel is the out and out villain but he is a bit of an antagonist. Um, and it, it works because anybody who's read Spidey 2099, especially those, those original issues in the 90s, know that Miguel can be a dick. He can be, a, I won't say bad guy, like he's not like the bad guy, like, the Vulture or Green Goblin or anything like that, but he he can be a not good person. Um, like in the comics originally, he he hooked up with his brother's girlfriend. He cheated on his girlfriend with this other person, and they eventually they eventually got engaged. And then it seemed like he was cheating on her with his original ex-girlfriend, even though he wasn't. But he he had done enough shady stuff that his arc was Spider-Man becoming Spider-Man actually made him a better person. Uh so I like seeing some of those faults um, even though they're showing and being displayed differently, I liked that in this movie. Uh, Jill actually af asked me afterwards, like, were you all right with him kind of being the, like, almost a villain? I'm like, yeah, because he can be, when he gets singularly focused, he can be a dick. He can be a bad person, not an evil person, but he can, he might have good intentions, but he can do bad with them. Um, and I know some other Spidey 2099 fans took a little bit of umbrage with that, but I'm like, it's, it's in line with the character that's been established, uh, that we know and love from this, from this propertar. Um, so I, I was fine with it. I loved seeing Spidey 2099 on the big screen. Oscar Isaac did a fantastic job as him. Um, and I was I was here for it. They made it work. Um, his conflict with Miguel being... Miguel shouldn't be Spider-Man. Because uh, Spidey 2099 is all about preserving the canon events. Like, preserving the time stream. Just the multiversal one. Um, and we find out that the villain, the spot in this, who they do really, really well. Um, who they do really, really well. I, I gotta say, like, 
the spot can be hit or miss. Uh, like when he was introduced in the 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 show, the 90s cartoon, you're like, huh. But he, he was fun in here. Uh, and he was voiced by Jason, Jason Schwartzman, who you can tell is having a blast. Um, he transported um, the spider from a different universe to Miguel's universe. Um, and that's what bites him. So Spider-Man 2099 is like, you shouldn't exist like you're an anomaly and another spy another universe is gone because they don't have a spider-man because you exist um and miguel learned preserving the timelines the hard way because he was in a different universe where a different miguel o'hara had exist and died and then he took up the role of that man as a husband and as a father and eventually things go sideways and then he he dealt with loss so he's now like nope we it sucks but the people die and we have to preserve these these timelines um and it's hinted at like uh miles like his his uh canon event is going to be his his father dying when he becomes a police captain and Gwen's father um was became a police captain and he was supposed to die and that's actually part of why she's left she doesn't want to be they had a falling out they do a great job explaining spider gwen in this um now i'm gonna from here on out i might call her spider gwen but i'll try to give her her official title from the comic ghost spider um originally she was just called spider she was called spider woman um but then when they started doing more and more multiversal spider spider-versal stories in the comics there are a number of spider girls and spider women um most notably jessica drew's spider woman uh so then gwen has in the comics i think about a year or two ago uh, maybe longer officially adopted the title ghost spider and so they try to call her that even when she's in multiversal stories uh they try to use that name just so then it's partially branding but also so it's not confusing um so this story this this film does a great job uh showcasing ghost spiders uh her, her story they dive in a bit to the event that separated her from her father so her father is captain george stacy um she got bit by the spider peter in this reality became the lizard um and then he he died in a battle with with gwen and then so captain stacy is absolutely convinced that ghost spider killed peter and he won't stand for it uh so he is hunting her even though she's trying to save things eventually she tells her father who she is and then she dips she gets uh one of these multiversal watches and she she dips um she joins the team um and it's a great dynamic and being in in ghost spider's world is visually stunning it's something they did really well in into the spider-verse but they amp it up exponentially here because we actually get to go to these characters universes and then they really lift stuff 
uh, from the comics that these characters were in. So Spider Spider Gwen's sorry, Ghost Spider's reality. We get a lot of purple. We get a lot of blue. We get a lot of vibrant colors, and at times dulled but it's it's such a unique and different art style but if you've ever picked up a ghost spider comic um or her original her original run when she got introduced in into the spider into the spider-verse comic event like you are watching that book on the big screen and it's it's fantastic they do it with other spider spider people as well when we go to uh the spider-man from india's uh i just don't know his name when we go to his world it's very different than any other world we've been in that uh and that character was voiced by uh karan sony um if the name rings a bell um it did for me a little bit and then i had to look it up and i realized um if you're in if you're into superhero movies what you'll know him from is uh he plays uh dopender in the in the deadpool films um so it was cool to see him uh as the Sp the spider-man from india uh hearing him was it was really cool um we get spider punk uh who is voiced by uh daniel daniel kalua um i'm probably mispronouncing his name um but he was excellent as spider punk and spider punk won me over uh throughout the movie and that's that's a testament to the this writing team to this production team um it is this movie is chock full of so much spider lore that if you're a longtime fan, there is just so much to appreciate and and sink your teeth into. Um, what I love with that as well, though, is they make it engaging where if there's, like I said, around 200 variants of, of Spider-Man. So when we get to like, this... I don't know what else to call it, but like the Spider Center, I think it's in Nueva York, like Mile, uh, sorry, Miguel's reality. Um, when we get there um, and we see all these different Spider-Men, we are treated to like this rich cacophony of of so many variants. Some who are just like, hey, that's a suit that Peter wore. <laughs> for one or two comics but it's now its own fleshed out personality um we get so much there there's spider rex who was a recent addition <laughs> i think i was only loosely aware of it but i'm like oh okay that's dope a t-rex is doing the thwip um but then of course you get like ben, the ben riley spider-man and that's voiced by um dang it i just closed the tab that i had uh here let me see i wanted to say jake from uh <laughs> andy samberg aka jake from brooklyn 99 uh he voices brent ben riley and i've seen some ben riley fans take issue with it um how he voiced him um or not how he voiced him just the characterization because it was a great send-up of the, the almost broody broody needlessly like angsty 90s comics um and even if ben riley himself wasn't that uh character type it's still a great way to have that nod and mock that era of comics in a tongue-in-cheek way because 
none of it is mean spirited. You can tell there's a love, a, a love for it across the board. Um, one of there were another i'm sure i missed some like i saw one easter egg site uh say oh the japanese spider-man showed up in it i'm like where where i was looking for him in the group shots uh anybody who knows me knows i've developed a love for uh for japanese spider-man uh my boy takiyuma takuya yamashiro um so much fun and such a <laughs> ridiculous character um but i don't recall seeing him in in any of the group shots and especially because that character has um has leopard on and that's part of the lore that's become wider known i'm like nah if you're if you're gonna have Japanese Spider-Man. There's gonna be Leopardon's gonna show up. Uh, there's gonna be a like a voice cameo or something to make him stand out. So I'm not sure I agree with that Easter egg because he was rumored to be in it. And even on the website that lists him as an Easter egg, they just have a picture from the show. They don't even have a picture of him in the wide shots. Uh, and that's where the nitpick is. Like with more of these wider, uh, wider universe. Um, characters like you some of the variants got more time to shine than others and that's fine that's gonna happen uh a great one was we saw spectacular spider-man from the amazing show spectacular spider-man and he got a line of dialogue voiced by the voice actor from that show josh keaton that was really really cool um spider-man unlimited from a show that i'm not a fan of at all uh got a cameo on the big screen i'm like you know what that's pretty dope um I know it's not my show, but I've got friends. I think Christian said he was a a pretty big fan of it um, for how different it was. He like even seeing that stuff where it might not be like, hey, that's not my favorite take, but it is somebody's even seeing that on the big screen. I'm like, they pulled from that. That's really cool. Like, I can't think of outside of a couple people like anybody universally loving spider-man unlimited but that different version of peter showing up on the big screen still that's really dope that's that's cool um and spectacular spider-man showing up like you saw the art style in the background and jill heard me go like <gasps> and then when he when you see him in his suit on the big screen i'm like yeah um jill's just like i heard you happily reacting to so many things <laughs> that was really really cool of course there's other characters who i would have loved to get uh to get a moment to shine um like japanese spider-man or kane parker that's that's he's my favorite of the clones the second and in my opinion best scarlet spider love me kane parker um since they're doing stuff like that or we're involving other spider characters like hey so there's not like 15 active spider characters and say miles universe or peter b parker's universe then that's a way we could get say silk to the big screen or something like that so it's little stuff like that where i'm like it's pure fanboy nitpicky where i'm like ah but this character i love wasn't there i'm not going to hold that against the movie when there's so many other awesome things where never ever did i think spider-man unlimited would show up in in this movie and it's dope that he did 
even if I'm not a fan of him. And of course, Insomniac Spider-Man shows up as well, which is great. Lego Spider-Man showed up, which was also great. The amount of pull that they did for this, the amount of care that they brought in, and and even stuff like with Insomniac Spider-Man, they got the voice actor, Yuri Lowenthal, to voice him in this. Uh, it's stuff like that where it's like, you don't have to do that. And you did. And it was still true to that version of the character, let alone so many of the other other cameos and other things like you're getting. They didn't even just keep it animated with this being like multiversal. You saw stuff from the Toby movies, from the Garfield movies, uh, casts from those movies like their voices were used in this. Um and then there were, of course, references to MCU, uh, Spidey. There were several of them. Um, and that's all really, really cool stuff. And I can't praise this movie enough. Uh, it works so well as a, as a longtime Spider-Man fan. It is so rich. Like, if you've even if you haven't read the comics, but if you've just been watching some of these shows, watching some of these movies, there's gonna be stuff that's gonna give you that nostalgia hit, but it it, it doesn't feel like, oh hey, look, see, like it's makes sense within the context of the story. And if it doesn't make sense to you, it's not going to be like, hey, we're going to harp on it so much that you're going to feel lost if you've never seen this. Like, if you're, if you've never seen Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man Unlimited, or on and on and on and on ago, if you never read any comics in the 90s, the Ben Riley characterization is just going to be funny to you. Like it works because they make it still funny. It's funnier if you know, but if you don't, it's still funny. It's not alienating. And that is something that's, that's a hard line to walk, but they did it so, so well in this movie. Um, you could argue that the movie is a bit of a love story uh, between Gwen and Miles, but it is so bloody sweet um and it doesn't necessarily need to be a romantic love story it could just be a love story of friendly love or compassionate love that these two people have for each other now do i think they're leaning in the romance way absolutely but if it doesn't end up that i'm not going to say well it's not a love story because people can still live with each other if it's not romantically um but the amount of detail, like the movie starts off with Gwen and it's less of a, it's still Miles's vehicle, but I'd say this one in compared to the other one starts to become a little bit more of an ensemble because Gwen has, I'd, or, I, I believe, almost as much screen time as Miles does. Uh, and Haley Seinfeld is just spectacular as Gwen. Uh, if they ever do a live action uh spider uh ghost spider or spider gwen movie get Haley, just get her like she does the voice so well we've seen her as kate bishop in in hawkeye she can do action i think she could do uh a, a ghost spider spider gwen version of gwen stacy very very well um i hope they translate that the movie ended in such a good spot where you know it's setting up for uh for the third film um 
and it ends where Miles thinks he's going back to his universe, but he goes back to the wrong one. Um, I'm pretty sure he goes back to the one where his spider was from and not where he was from. And there he is captured by uh, he's captured by the Prowler, his uncle from his universe, voiced by Mahershala Ali and an, a villainous Miles. Um, and that's a pretty dope place to end it. He's on the run uh from spidey 2099 and his whole team because he's trying to save his father um even though <laughs> they're like no it's a canon event and if you if you disturb the canon you'll just like you'll doom your your planet uh you're you're dooming your universe like he's trying to go save his father gwen leaves to save miles she goes to his universe and find he's not there um, and it's, it, it ends in such a way where I'm like, it sets up for that next movie, but it doesn't feel like, what did we just do for the last two hours? Like that was, there are some sequels in, in trilogies or franchises where you're like, you're just stalling to get to the next one. Um, I didn't see Fantastic Beast 3 because Fantastic Beast 2 was bad, um, and Fantastic Beast 1 was all right, but the whole time during Fantastic Beast 2 I was just very aware of like, you're planning to do like five of these. And you're like, okay, we're just sequel baiting and setting up like, what's the point of being here for this? There are other sequels where you're like, why are uh, what? And it just ends in an unsatisfactory place where this, I'd, I liken it to, in a way, Empire Strikes Back, where Empire left you on such a note of like, what just happened? Um, and the characters are left in a darker place than they started off with. That's very much where Across the Spider-Verse ends. Miles is captured. Uh, there's seemingly he's he's worried his father is going to die, which happens in the Miles Morales uh, in, in the Insomniac Spider-Man game, Miles's comic run, his parents die. Um, like this is, it's almost a certainty. Uh, and I'm hoping they don't in the movie because I love the dynamic that they're developing with that family. Um, so it left me hyped for, for the next one. Um, I wouldn't, I didn't have any trepidation approaching this. Like I did say no way home. Um, even the, and no way home is the best live action Spider-Man movie. But I remember going into it. I was nervous about it a little bit because I'm like, it's Sony. It's a live action Spider-Man movie. The other, the other two MCU Spider-Man movies have been good, but anytime a Sony Spider-Man movie has been loaded, it's, been bad it hasn't worked out for it um i didn't have that trepidation because it was like 99 percent of the same team that did the last one so i'm like okay no we're in good hands people who care people who have a deep love of this um and this is something that we that there's a desire for and there hasn't been anything yet to make me nervous about it i can't recommend this movie enough it is utterly fantastic if you even mildly enjoyed into the spider-verse go see this movie now 
of course, it'll be great on Disney Plus. It'll be great on streaming or on your big home. If you've got a home theater, it'll be great on your big screen TV. It'll be great on your phone if you're watching it on that. But I would honestly, if you can, I'd recommend going seeing it in theaters on the biggest screen possible. It's not one that needs the big screen, but it is so immersive when it is. Um, like being in those different roles where you get that dramatically different art style is so engaging on the big screen. Um, so do yourself the favor, go see it. I cannot recommend this movie enough. Um, it is on par with Into the Spider-Verse. Um, it's, it's utterly fantastic. And before I end the episode, it reminded me of things. <laughs> um, it reminded me of some things, some feelings I had coming out of No Way Home that were only intensified when, um, after Into the Spider, Across the Spider-Verse dropped, we got a trailer for Craven. Craven's getting a movie. Who asked for this, Sony? Who asked for this? Like, I don't know how the same studio can pump out two amazing Spider-Man movies that are animated. But then the same studio will give I'm on the record of not being a fan of the Venom movies, but I understand that the first one in a weird way found an audience was a lightning in a bottle situation for that audience. There's, there's a demand for more of them. It's not coming from me. It might not be a huge audience demand, but there's, there's a demand for it. Like there's a, a fan desire for, for Venom three. Um, nobody asked. <laughs> Morbius, <clears throat> and I don't, I, I don't know if it actually like the whole it's Mormon time. I'm like, I feel like this is people being the the movie's a joke that people are in on, not necessarily the studio because the studio was like, oh, this is a serious movie that nobody asked for, <laughs> and now it's it's the same with Craven, and I I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, like, one of the things I loved in this movie was we got Peter B. Parker and we got his daughter and his daughter's Mayday. Like, Mayday Parker has a fan cachet. May Mayday Parker is something that people people desire. Um, nobody asked for a solo Craven movie. And... And going in from coming out from across the Spider-Verse, I'm like, and being reminded of how well they pulled off multiversal multiple Spider-Man in live action. It it furthers baff, baffles me where it's like, Sony, nobody asked for Morbius. Nobody asks is asking for Craven. Sure, a couple people might be asking for Venom, but coming out of No Way Home. Know what there was a giant fan demand for? Amazing Spider-Man 3. You could do a live-action Miles there, where there's an age gap, and that could be helping Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man after No Way Home, like, on his path from being back from, like, the dark, angry Spider-Man who doesn't pull his punches anymore. 
Miles, a live action Miles could do great with that. You could springboard into a live action Miles movie through Amazing Spider-Man. People were also asking for a fourth Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, which I even said in my No Way Home episode. Never did I think I'd be open for it, but I am because of how well they pulled off his Spider-Man and they structured his role to his limited strengths as an actor. Again, I'm not slamming him. I just don't think he's a great actor, but he was great in that movie because they did a role that did him service. Like, there was an actual fan demand for Spider-Man 4. And heck, my thing with that is, like, you've got an older Spider-Man, a Spider-Man who's been doing this for years. Like, in that, he in No Way Home, he was the sage, like, older brother, where it's like, great, you can do this. And in his, that's where you can introduce Silk in live action. Or even, I would love Mayday Parker, because you've got him and Mary Jane canonically married, as we found out from uh, No Way Home, it's like, cool, you could introduce Mayday in live action. So it, I know it's weird that Across the Spider-Verse tied it in for me, but it just reminded me, like, man, they pulled off multi, they're pulling off these multiversal stories so well that people would now be accepting of multiple live action Spider-Men. Like, they can do it. There's, I don't think it would take a lot of explaining to the layperson, like, oh, this is, this is like, because you've got the starting point from No Way Home to be like, yeah, no, we're back in Toby's verse. It's, it's its own separate thing. It doesn't tie into the Avengers. We're back in Andrew's verse. It doesn't tie into the Avengers. It doesn't tie into the wider MCU. It's easy. They explained it in that movie. It could, it's an easy launching pad. There's an actual fan demand for it. And yet, it's, oh, yeah, we're getting Morbius. We're getting Craven. Apparently, we're getting Madam Web. Who asked for these? <laughs> if you did, let me know, because... So I want to know why. All right, so I'm going to wrap it here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have seen Across the Spider-Verse, let me know what your thoughts were. Um, now, I did see some minor controversies uh, show up around the movie online, which in a way I thought was a bit ridiculous, but then I'm sadly also not surprised. Um, some of those minor ones were... Uh, people like, oh, they, they really changed Jessica Drew from the comics. Um, I'll say I'm fine with the changes. I know Jessica Drew eventually got a fan base and eventually became a very different character. Uh, but when she started out, honestly, the only reason that Spider-Woman was ever created was so another comic company, i.e. DC, wouldn't create a character named Spider-Woman uh, where they own the copyright. And then her initial stories were just very convoluted, very all over the place. She didn't get good until like 2000, 2010. Uh, so with it being a multiversal story, and you could say it's she's that universe's one, so the other Jessica Drew from the comics can exist somewhere else, 
I'm fine with it. I didn't I didn't take any issue with that whatsoever. Um I'm not the hugest Spider-Woman fan. My favorite version of Spider-Woman Jessica Drew is the one from the Ultimate uh Marvel Universe um where she uh she was fantastic. Um and she was a clone of Peter Parker because the Ultimate Universe did an Ultimate Clone Saga, just much better than the Clone Saga we got in the '90s from the main Marvel Universe. Um, the other controversy I saw some take issue. Um, now, certain countries did, and then other people um, took issue with uh Gwen having in her room like a uh I, I believe it was a trans rights flag and then support uh, saying support trans kids there's no harm in that there's there's no harm in that and there you're making it a huge thing about nothing um and then certain countries banned it because of that and that's it's its own other conversation um but it wasn't even like it was a plot point it's not even like they're they're like oh this character who's canonically a woman we're now saying is trans or anything like that and even then um it's like okay we're dealing with multiversal we're dealing with fictional characters who's to say there's not a trans Gwen Stacy out in the multiverse who cares um so this is where it's just kind of like why why are we making this a much uh, much to do about nothing like there's actual things to be angry at going on in the world anyways uh, I am going to wrap it there because I loved this movie. If you've seen it, let me know your thoughts. If you haven't seen it, I can't encourage you enough. Um, I know there were spoilers in there and I didn't necessarily throw in a spoiler warning, but the movie's been out for over a month now, so I'm fine talking about it with spoilers without putting a spoiler warning. Um, I might have one in the description just in case, but still. All that being said, I hope you all have a wonderful day. I hope you're all staying safe. If you're up here in uh, Ontario with me, I hope you're staying cool. Take care, and God bless, my friends. Peace!